The title of my sermon, if you'll note, is Safety in the Midst of a Storm. I think Kate made reference to that when she was talking about her mom, to be in the midst of a storm. And if you have your Bibles, please put them or your little smartphones to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. I'm using the New King James this morning. Now those of you who are here can see behind me that there is an outline of the sermon. Several people approached me and they said, you know, Pastor Dan, you really, we missed that. We, it's easier to keep notes if we, if we have your, your outline. And so I accommodated that, and thanks to Kate, she put it up there. The only thing I discovered by talking to Dennis this morning is because the film or the, has to focus on me if you focus on me, then what's behind me is out of focus. So that outline is for those of you, obviously, who are here. Because those who are live streaming, I'm sorry if there's nothing else we could do. In any event, uh, that is the sermon outline for your easy references, I say. You know, I always turn to Psalm 1914 to to inspire me and to guide me and to keep me in line. Because while these may be my words, for the most part, they are not my thoughts. They're God's thoughts. And I've always sought to look to God to, to direct me. Someone asked for an old sermon that I had years ago, and so I had Kate burn it, as they say, on, on another disc. And it's just interesting to me that I hadn't noticed, but ever since I've been preaching for the most part, these last... 20-some-odd years. I've never started a sermon without looking at Psalm 1914. It's funny, because I've done it for so many years, I still look at the words as though I have to read it. But I don't have to, obviously. In any event, pray with me as I look to Psalm 1914 to direct my thoughts and my words. Dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen? Amen? Now, if you have your Bible, I'm going to start out by actually reading the chapter in Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. I'm reading from the New American Standard, and you can follow with me, whatever version you have. And verse 35 begins, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. So this morning, we're going to look at safety in the midst of a storm. We have a Savior 
who can calm the winds and the waves of life, who can speak to the circumstances of life and say, peace, be still. Jesus will either deliver you from a storm or he will deliver you through the storm. And Jesus will either make it calm around you or he'll make it calm within you. But he is a mighty savior and he is in control of storms. And no matter who you are, there's going to be a time in your life, and for many it is right now, when you are going through a storm. So in your outline, those who can see that, please consider first the voyage of the ship. Now in the Bible, many times life is compared to a voyage. And I want you to see in this passage the voyage of the ship. You know, Paul said that we should be careful not to make a shipwreck of our lives. And when he was ready to go to heaven, Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. In that text, he was using nautical terms. He's talking about how a ship would leave the harbor and make its way into another harbor. And again and again, in the word of God, we see life compared to a voyage. And so... As we look at the voyage of the ship in the life of the Lord Jesus, you will notice our text in verse 36. The Bible begins with, there were also with them other little ships. See, this tells us something. It tells us that all of us share the same things in life. It tells us that all of us are going to go through the storms of life. But there is a great difference. Our text says that one ship, of one ship, Jesus was present on that ship. But it does not say that Jesus was present on these other little ships. And there's a great difference. There's a difference in having Jesus present on your ship, on your voyage through life, or not having the presence of Jesus in your life. And I want to show you two differences. Number one. If Jesus is present on board the ship of your life, it means you have direction in your life. See, Jesus got on board in the Bible, see to them, verse 35, let us cross over to the other side. And when the Savior comes on board the ship of your life, he comes on board to be Savior and Lord. He comes as master of the ship. You see, Salvation is not a smorgasbord where you will say, I will have some saviorhood, please. But no lordship. Thank you. Jesus doesn't come on board to be a passenger. Jesus comes on board to be the master of the ship. He comes on board the ship of your life to give that ship direction. He comes as Lord to give direction in your life to help you through all the storms of life. Now listen, it is an Im biblical impossibility to accept Jesus as your Savior, but to reject him as Lord. Jesus doesn't come into your life to be a fire insurance policy from hell. He comes in to be the captain of the ship and to direct your life through all the storms that you are going to face. He is there to pilot your ship. 
So then you will be able to pray, Jesus, pilot me over life, temptuous seas. And while the waves around me roll, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. See, the Bible teaches that chart and compass come from him. When Jesus is present, there is direction in your life. And he also gives destination to your life. The same to verse 35. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. And that means when Jesus comes in to be your Savior, he is not only your Savior, but praise God, he is your security. He comes in to take you to the final destination. The writer of Hebrews says that we have him as an anchor to our soul that enters into the veil both sure and steadfast. And that means that Jesus has already gone through a storm on the cross of Calvary. The storm clouds gathered, the thunder rolled, the earth shook, and Jesus went through the storm of Calvary. He took our sins upon himself, and then he rose from the dead. He's now in heaven as an anchor to our souls. Jesus Christ has promised to take us all the way to the destination on the other side. So no matter how many storms come, no matter how greatly the wind blows or thunders may roll, Jesus is going to get us there. Consider that Noah's Ark is a type of the security we have in Jesus. You know, the Bible teaches that when God prepared the Ark, that God invited Noah and his family into the Ark because God was on the inside of the ark. The ark is a picture of Christ. They went inside the ark and there in the ark, that's where they were safe. That's where they were secure. And brother, they went through a storm. I mean, 40 days and 40 nights, the floods descended. You can imagine how that ark must have pitched and must have tossed backwards and forwards. And yet the Bible teaches us that Noah and his family was kept safe because he was on the inside of that ark. Now maybe he might have stumbled in life, perhaps he even stumbled as he walked into the ark and fallen into the ark, but he never fell outside of the ark. When the storm comes to your ship of life, you may be tossed to and fro, you may stumble, you may fall, but it is impossible for you ever to fall outside of Jesus Christ because the Bible teaches he will take you all the way through. You know, the Bible says, he that has begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. So there's no doubt about it. So first we have the voyage of the ship. Second, consider the violence of the ship, of the storm, rather. I want us to see not only the voyage of the ship, but also the violence of the storm. In verse 37, it says, And there arose a great windstorm. And so I want you to notice two things about this storm. Number one, it came suddenly. Suddenly there arose a great windstorm. 
You see, the Sea of Galilee is surrounded by mountains. These mountains form a wind tunnel, and the wind comes from the north very, very swiftly and violently upon the Sea of Galilee. And it comes ever so suddenly. And that is the way it is in life, isn't it? Have you ever noticed how one day could make a difference? Have you ever noticed that one trip to the doctor's office can change your life? Life can be calm, life can be serene, life can be peaceful, and then suddenly bad news comes. Suddenly a storm comes upon your family. Storms have a habit of coming suddenly. But this storm also came severely. The Bible uses a word here for storm which means a squall. It wasn't just a little breeze. It was a great fierce thunderstorm. The lightning was flashing, the thunder was crashing, and the waves were tossing high, so much so that the disciples feared for their very lives in the midst of that storm. You know, there are some of you here this morning that may be going through a storm. We know that there are all kinds of storms that we go through. There is, number one, of course, a storm of sin. Sometimes we get in a storm because of our disobedience to God. But you see, that is human frailty. That's rebellion that is in us. And so some of you may be in a storm that has been brought about because of sin, because of your disobedience to God. Also, we remember the prophet Jonah and how God said to him, I want you to go to Nineveh. And he said, I'm not going. Isn't it amazing how we, by sinning, sometimes run away from the blessings of the Lord? Isn't it amazing how God wants to bless us and use us, and instead we run the opposite direction, trying to get away from the commands of the Lord? And God has to chase us down to bless us. Consider you have been placed by yourself in a storm. God had a blessing in store for you. God had usefulness in store for you, but now you find yourself in a storm. Sometimes you are in a storm of satanic opposition. Many times the devil comes against us, and he brings the storm against our souls. And we know that he wants to impede the progress of the child of God. We know that Satan is like a roaring lion, and the Bible says he is seeking who he may devour. Some storms come to us as demonic in origin, and Satan himself causes them. You know, as a matter of fact, in this passage, when Jesus rebuked the winds and the wave, the words that he used, when he says that he spoke to the winds and that he rebuked, the winds, is exactly the same word that is used when Jesus rebuked the demons and the Gerasene demoniac, and he cast out the legions of demons from that man. Jesus used the same language to rebuke this storm. I tell you, when there is a storm of demonic depression in your life, it is the Lord Jesus Christ alone who can speak to that storm and say, Peace, be still. And then there is a storm from sorrow that comes upon us. 
every life, every family, sorrow is going to come. Death is going to come. Heartbreaks are going to come. It's just part of being a member of the human race. Lastly, you may be in a storm of separation today. You may be separated from loved ones. There may be in your life a feeling of isolation and separation, a feeling of loneliness. These are just some of the storms to come. And when they come, remember, they come suddenly and they come severely. Then all of a sudden you find yourself involved in a terrible storm. And listen, even the strongest Christian, even the most committed believer in Jesus Christ is sometimes in such a storm that their faith is shaken, that fear grips their heart, and they don't know what to do. So thirdly, consider the victory of the Savior. Now, I want you to see not only the violence of the storm and the voyage of the ship, but notice the victory of the Savior. And I want you to see the victory that the Savior has over the storm. These disciples get the picture. There they are in a storm. Jesus is in the ship, and he's sleeping. Here's a great picture of the humanity and the deity of Jesus Christ. You see his humanity. He is so tired from ministering and serving and blessing and teaching that he goes to sleep and he continues to sleep even in the midst of a horrendous storm. That shows his humanity. And now in a moment he's going to rise and speak to that storm. That shows his deity. Jesus is not just an ordinary man. He is a God-man. He is as much man as though he were not God. And he is as much God as if he were not man. You see his, human his humanity. He's asleep on the ship. You see his deity. He rises to speak to the storm. But now look at why the victory of the Savior was at first not readily apparent. In verse 38, these disciples have come to Jesus and they speak to him and they said, Master, don't you care? If you're honest, you have asked the Lord that. You have been in the grips of a storm, you have been in the grip of heartache, and you have been so engulfed by the storm that you said, Jesus, don't you care about me? And then you begin to remind him of who you are. Lord, I gave my life to you. Lord, I'm trying to serve you. Lord, I believe in you. You are my Lord. You are my God. I, why don't you care that I perish? You know, sometimes it seems Jesus is far off. But I want to tell you something. Jesus is right there. In verse 40, the victory was not apparent because of their fear. Jesus speaks to them and he says, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Notice, you're either fearful or you're full of faith. 
You're either full of fear or you're full of faith. You see, you can't be full of two things at any one time. You're either full of fear or you're full of faith in the midst of your storm. And they are mutually exclusive qualities in your life. And so the Bible teaches that the thing that drives away fear is faith. Jesus said, why are you so afraid? Fear had come into their lives. And fear will rob you of your faith. Fear will bring doubt. Fear will bring depression. Fear will paralyze you. And fear will make you think your situation is hopeless. That your storm is going to totally engulf you. That you are going to be totally lost at sea. And so, they were full of fear. And then I want you to see how the victory of the Savior comes to pass. Jesus said, here, this is your problem. You're not filled with faith. Now notice the victory of the Savior is demonstrated in his presence on the ship. In verse 37 and 39, there is a contrast. In verse 37, look at it. It says, the storm arose. And then in verse 39, it says, he arose. I love that contrast. Every time a storm arises, praise God, He arises. It is demonstrated in His presence on the ship. They didn't think He was there because they didn't sense His presence. They had forgotten all about His presence because He was sleeping back there in the stern of the ship. You know, many times, when we don't feel Jesus is there, many times we think, Lord, have you forgotten all about me? But he hasn't. His presence on the ship is not dependent upon your ability to perceive his presence. It is dependent upon the word of God. And he said, I will be with you always. That is, I will be with you in every storm. I want to tell you, he's there whether we feel it, feel that he's there or not, because he has promised to be there. He is present on the ship. Listen, everything that had threatened to be over their heads was already under Jesus' feet. He already had the victory over the storm. But not only is the victory seen in his presence, it is seen in the power, his power over the storm. You know, Jesus doesn't always rebuke the storm as he did here. As I said earlier, Jesus Christ will either deliver you through the storm or he'll deliver you from the storm, but he will deliver you. Your faith may fail, but if it does, Jesus will never fail you if you are a child of God. If Jesus is present on the ship, he has power over the storm. He will either make it calm around you or he'll make it calm within you. But Jesus gives victory over the storms of life. Remember, the disciples are in the vessel 
The storms come upon them and they think they're going down. They say, Lord, you're going to have to take care of this situation. Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The sky is covered with blackness. No shelter or help is near. Care not that we perish? How can you lay asleep? When each moment the waves are threatening a grave in the angry deep, the winds and the waves will obey his will. Peace, be still. Peace, and be still. And whether the wind, the storm, sea, demons, or men, or whatever could be, no watery or circumstance can swallow the ship wherein lies the master of the ocean, of earth, and of sky. And all will sweetly obey his will. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Jesus demonstrates his power over the storm. And the Bible says, immediately there was a great calm. When you come to the place in your life, where you know Jesus is in control of the ship of your life, in spite of the storm that may be about you, in spite of the wind that may be howling about your ears, and the thunder that may be crashing, and the lightning that may be flashing, in spite of it all, you will know that Jesus is in control. You can hear him speak. You can hear him say, peace. Be still. The Bible says there will then be a great calm. Jesus said to the elements, Hush! Be muzzled! And the winds like whipped puppies crushed at his feet, and the storm slain fell before this master. Jesus put one foot on the neck of the storm, and the disciples cried out, What kind of a man is this? that even the winds and the waves obey his voice. And fourth, finally consider Jesus on board your life. Again, verse 36 states, Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. There is a great difference in these ships. On one ship there is the Lord Jesus Christ, but there was with them other little ships. What did those men do who did not have Jesus on board their ship? Doesn't tell us. But listen, I wouldn't go through the storms of life alone. I wouldn't go through the storms of sin, through the storms of Satan, through the storms of sorrow, and I wouldn't go through the storms of separation and suffering without the Lord Jesus Christ on board my ship. And if he's not on board the ship of your life this morning, he can be. All you need to do is invite him on board and say, Lord, come on board, be the captain, be the Lord, be the master of my life. And Lord, when the storms is so great about me, I want you to make it calm within me. And he will do that if you make him the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, would you do that right now? 
See, I believe that God has designed us for a personal relationship with him. The greatest first step you can take is to receive the love, forgiveness, and relationship that Jesus is extending to you this morning. And in order to experience the grace that brings you into a relationship with God, you must be born again and have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, not everyone who goes to church religiously and involves himself or herself with ministry and says, Lord, Lord, is saved. Read Matthew 7, 21, 23. And let me and tell me what you think. So, if you want to make a confession of faith and start your journey with God right now, all you have to do is believe in Jesus as your hope for salvation and everlasting life. And you can pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I accept your sacrifice and atonement as my own. I will turn from my sins and I will trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Remember, it is not the words of the prayer that save you. It is the faith in your heart that lays hold of salvation. It is the repentance that follows that confirms it. Amen? Amen. Service is over. Go in the peace and with assurance that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one true God, is with you in all of the storms of your life. Amen?